Welcome back, humor consumers, to the Life Happens Laugh Anyway podcast. I'm comedian Tracy DeGraff. And I'm Catherine, co-host and bestie. bestie. Love it. Sounds pretty good. Yeah. Smooth. Very, very smooth, as always. Mm. Mm. <laughs> right. <laughs> smooth like a bumpy road. That's right. Yeah. You're glad, I would agree. You're glad when you're <laughs> off of it. <laughs> yeah. You might have and a And then we flat just say tire. it smooth. Oh, that was smooth. Because <laughs> we're just positive people. Yes. Making the best of it. That's right. And we're putting one foot in front of the other. As always. Yeah. Catherine and I are having moments. Like like we're having a thing. We're, we're, a funk. Yes, it's a funk. Yeah. I'll call it. You know, as I was describing COVID-19 in, mm-hmm. in a in something i was describing it i'm like it's not covid19 it's covid19 covid20 and covid21 yeah it but it ends there right yes no more just hope okay for smooth real smooth right not bumpy smooth transition to 2022 yeah part of the reason that we're you know frustrated is that it's really upset the apple cart in terms of what we do because typically for October, Catherine and I would be traveling and doing events. Yeah, quite busy. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and Full purposeful. Schedule. I know. Filled with lots of purpose mm-hmm. and fun. Mm-hmm. Oh, we've had so much fun over the years. And last year, of course, we were completely shut down. And this year, we, you know, we're mostly shut down still. Yeah. Okay. And, and maybe some of our listeners are feeling the same thing. I, I would have to well, get, everybody's have affected. to guess. Yeah. Yeah. One way or another. Right. We're just tired or, of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we're tired. Yeah. We can admit that. All right. Good. Because out real. of real. You yeah. can't help it. Yeah. Okay. That being said, here we are putting on our headphones and got our little microphones in front of us. Well, and that's, you know, we wouldn't be doing this if it weren't for That's COVID. so true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very true. Yeah. So thank so you, you're COVID. <laughs> you say thank you, COVID. I say you're yeah. welcome to the oh, listeners. Great. <laughs> if you're new, if you're brand new, and this is the first episode that you've tuned into, you are in the right place. You Welcome to our crazy. Mm-hmm. Catherine and I are best friends, and we are doing this podcast because normally we would be out traveling. I'm a comedian. Catherine, she's not funny. Not. No, she's not funny. <laughs> she's funny in private, but you couldn't get up on stage and oh, tell a joke. No. Oh my goodness. <laughs> not would, even in a nightmare. That would hurt. That would be the nightmare. It <laughs> would hurt. It would be so painful. I would pay to see it though. Yeah, I'll like bet a you train would. Wreck. Yeah, you know who it would hurt most? You, the listeners, <laughs> the audience. They I, would be hurting. I have a feeling it would hurt you more. Well, I think that you would probably is. be vomiting on stage. <laughs> anyway, we didn't plan on going down this no. trail, but here we yeah. are. I'm trying to give new new tuner inners, new listeners, an idea of what we're like and i guess they're just well, getting a have full it. taste of it <laughs> that's it that's be- us because this of- is us it, it is <laughs> i like that song that um is from the showman or something and it's like oh. this is me and it's the bearded lady yes i, I can is... relate to that song <laughs> <laughs> take it or leave it this is me oh i thought you meant the beard i, I do oh, i do mean okay. that okay that's uh, no <laughs> Anyway, 
<laughs> okay, all, all funnies aside, the reason that we're doing this podcast is because when we used to be out on the road traveling, doing comedy shows, and inspiring people, um, because I'm a breast cancer survivor, I use that as a platform to bring the comedy to the audience, but to inspire them to take care of themselves and stay on top of their breast cancer screenings. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then I also, when it's not breast cancer awareness time, I also do events for churches. So it's either point them to Jesus or point them to a mammogram because they both save, right? Right. Jesus saves your soul and Mm -hmm. mammograms save your other things. (laughs) And both of those, you know... The breast cancer awareness platform. Yes. And even the comedy is not something you really plan to do. Both of those things. uh, Well, with the comedy, somebody said to you, right? Was it your It was the publishing coach. Yeah. He said my book was funny. You should do stand up. Mm -hmm. And with cancer, you didn't sign up for that. No. You got it. Mm -hmm. And then how did that get started with doing the cancer well because i had private uh, privately no previously is the word i was looking for before i had breast cancer i was already working in churches right with life happens laugh anyway Mm -hmm. that was my show Mm -hmm. and i would just bring the comedy and then at the end share a little bit about jesus right and encourage the audience to take action so after i recovered from breast cancer and quit southwest oh yeah <laughs> but yeah that was first was a little bit of a deviation you'll there. have to listen to all of our podcasts yeah. we have 40 some other podcasts that you can listen to to get all of the ins and outs of our lives but yes. more to come yes when breast cancer came into my path mm-hmm. i had resigned from my position with southwest airlines that came first then i got the mammogram the cancer but i previous to all of that i was still doing comedy right for churches Mm -hmm. so it was life happens laugh anyway well when cancer came my way i had to take a break from everything Mm -hmm. and get cured you know get fixed right do all the surgery do the radiation treatments all the stuff and when i recovered the hospital where i was treated in our area at silver cross hospital Mm -hmm. it's university of chicago oncology yeah they were having a breast cancer awareness event and they knew that I was a speaker and an author and okay. a comedian. So that was the first? That was the, the first, first one. Oh, okay. Yeah. And was just... it was really great. That was a really yeah. great event. And it was motivational because my real passion then was to get women in the audience who had not been getting their screenings to get on board. Oh my goodness. And of course I was there. Yes. And when you were preaching it, I was preaching. I was like, whoa. I was like Billy Graham, right? You were, yeah. And that's Mm. when you came out with, if your house was on fire, at what point would you want to know that it was on fire to get out? Right. And I was like, whoa. You tell them, Tracy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And very passionate. That's the metaphor that I use to get people to think inside of their own head. You know, because, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to talk about this a little bit later in the broadcast, but I'll just say this part now. At at the breast cancer awareness events that we do, I do the comedy just like everywhere else. Mm-hmm. Com- the comedy part of it is the same. 
But when it comes to the end, and I'm sharing the story, because the real reason that we're there is to get the women in the audience to get a mammogram. Right. That's it. To motivate them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's and the... you do that. Yeah. Check, 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 check. <laughs> Yes. Well, and I think the only way that you can really motivate somebody to do something is to get into their head and get mm -hmm. them thinking about themselves. And that's the metaphor that I use as I say to the audience, you know, you're just about now to leave. You're going to go home. You're going to get into your bed. I want you to picture yourself there. Now you're in your bed and you're asleep, but there's a little fire that started in your house. Now it's in the attic and it's just a little bitty fire or it's in the kitchen or wherever. When would you like to become aware that that's a fire? Mm -hmm. When it's something that you can easily put out and, you know, it's no big deal? Mm -hmm. Or when not only you, but you and your whole family. And your dog. Yes. Are fighting for your life mm -hmm. to get out of that burning house. Right. Because that's really what cancer is. Mm -hmm. It spreads like fire. Yeah. If you leave it. You've got to get it early. You can, you can, yeah, you can get rid of it. Mm -hmm. All right. Preach it, girl. Well, let's go. Ugh. All right. Well, we've got a couple of other things to cover. Our sponsors. Yes. Mm -hmm. Who who are our sponsors, Catherine? Muffin and Pooh, Ron and Kenny. They are our husbands. Our <laughs> loving and supportive yes. husbands. They're great. Mm -hmm. It almost sounds like we're a group, like we're one. You know, it's us, oh. the four of us. <laughs> we're all one. We do a lot together. The guys are great friends, too. Together. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you to Muffin and Pooh mm -hmm. for your faithfulness. We appreciate it. Yeah. Keep it up. <laughs> yeah. Don't quit. For real. Yeah. You can't retire. We have to do stuff. All right. So we covered that. Now, the three takeaways that our audience are going to get out of this episode. Mm -hmm. So stay tuned because you've already, we've already gone off the rails a couple times, mm -hmm. but here, here's our, here's our outline. Yeah. I actually have it. Number <laughs> one, takeaway number one, we're going to cover why you should get screened. Mm -hmm. Number two. Who should get screened? And number three, how to overcome objections to screening for breast cancer. Very so good. those three things, why, who, and overcoming objections. So let's just dive into why. Why, Kat? Why should women get screened? Well, early detection, which we touched on earlier, is huge. It's everything. It's everything. Because the earlier it's detected, and it's only going to be detected through a mammogram or ultrasound a screen you're not yeah in other words you you're not going to feel it no. if you have a lump or if you have those little calcification things which is not really a lump but you, you're definitely not going to feel that and your um obgyn doctor nope may not feel it either or your partner <laughs> he or she <laughs> is not gonna feel it either yeah so. No, you're not going to feel it. And even when you're diagnosed with cancer, so I had my diagnosis and we knew where the lump was because, you know, it was diagnosed through mammogram and then a biopsy. Mm -hmm. So we knew where it was, but the doctor still could not feel it, even though he knew exactly where it was. And it was about the size of like a pencil eraser. Yeah, like a pea. So, and it was considered stage one. It hadn't gone anywhere. Yeah. But that's when you want to catch it. Yeah. Another reason is one in eight women are, uh, will at some point develop breast cancer. That's one a lot. One in eight. Mm -hmm. Think about that. And your group of gal pals or, you know, that's, yeah. I mean, it's if you just think about all the women that you Oops. know in your life, okay? So you've got sisters, mother-in-laws, mothers, 
aunts, you know, sister-in-laws, mm-hmm. cousins, neighbors, friends. A lot of different circles. Co-workers, church. There's a lot of women out there. Mm-hmm. One out of eight, that's that's a crap load of women yeah. going to get breast cancer. Right. Okay, so that's a good motivator. Yeah. In other words, every two minutes, a woman is diagnosed with breast cancer in the United States alone. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So those are some good reasons. Yeah. How long say? have we been talking here? About four or five minutes? Something no, like that? No, longer than that. Ten? Let me see, because I switched <laughs> screens here. Oh, 12. Okay, Why? so six women have been diagnosed with breast cancer oh, since we started yes. talking. Mm-hmm. Six. So that's a motivation for women why you should get breast cancer. I mean, why you should get the screening mm-hmm. is because there's a lot of American women getting breast cancer. Mm-hmm. So get the screening. You know, to add to that, so not only that, but and not to be the grim reapers here, but 43,600 women will die from breast cancer in, in the United States this year, mm. 2021. So... It's not only, of course, because of the diagnosis, but those, you know, people are, what I'm saying is people are are still dying from it. It is a, a deadly disease. Yeah. I mean, you can survive it. You if can. You ca- the earlier yes. you catch it, the better off you are. Right. So there's no need to fear it. That's exactly right. But we do want to put that out there. Yeah. That um, that's why you should go because right. it, is, it can be curable. You can't yes. have remission. So we're not just grim reapers. The whole reason we're doing this is to bring awareness because of can recover. Yeah. And it's um, this episode happens to be dropping in the middle of October, Mm -hmm. which is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. So it's appropriate, you know, that we discuss this, but it doesn't matter when you become enlightened in terms of taking care, better care of your health. Mm -hmm. It's a it's a positive step. Right. And we have another reason. What? You matter. Yes. You matter to your family. Yeah. And or your your friends, coworkers, whomever. That's right. Touch. Yeah. So that was our other reason. Yeah. Right. So get on it, gals. Mm-hmm. And uh, get your screenings because you have a reason. You have a why. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, who should get screened? This is an interesting... By the way, the, the why get screened, some of those statistics that Catherine just pointed out, those came from a website mm-hmm. called National Breast Cancer Foundation, Inc. And we are going to link that in the um, show notes. Mm-hmm. It's an excellent website. Good. Yeah, it covers just about everything you can think of. Good. Related Good. to breast cancer. I really love the American Cancer Society mm-hmm. website. One on there too. It's so um, thorough, mm-hmm. and it's their web address is cancer.org. I'm going to put this link in the show notes as well. Mm-hmm. This one, okay, so because our second point was, well, who? Who should get breast cancer screenings? Mm-hmm. Well, this goes over that. And it gives you a guide based on your age as far as, um, you know, at what age should you get a screening for all kinds of cancers? So if you open up the link... It'll give you all ages. It'll give you a breakdown of 21 to 29, 30 to 39, 40 to 49, 50 to 64, and then 65 and up. Hmm. So let's click on, for kicks and giggles, um, 40. Mm -hmm. So if you're 40, and it doesn't just give you breast cancer, it gives you colon cancer, cervical cancer, prostate cancer, 
And it goes into all the, you know, if you're at average risk, your test should be at age 45 for colon cancer. You know, mm-hmm. they just moved that. It used to yes. be at 50. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, the American diet is so poor. It is. So, so it makes sense that yeah. 45 would be, yeah, it'd be moved to 45 because our diet is... Well, just in oh, case wow. somebody's listening and they're thinking that they're off the hook and they don't have to get a colonoscopy until they're 50, mm-hmm. just pay attention now, 45, 46, 47, 48, 49-year-olds, because mm-hmm. you're up. <laughs> it's your turn. <laughs> I was just thinking about when I first asked Kenny if he had talked to his doctor about the colonoscopy, and this is when he was about 45, Okay, I think. He's like, well, yeah, he already did it. And I said to Kenny... No, 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 no. He's like, yeah, he he did this, he did that, and oh, I will go in the, in the office. In the office, yeah. He thought that was a colonoscopy. He did. <laughs> and I okay. said, Kenny, no. Doesn't he have is... Google? Doesn't Kenny like Google stuff? Well, why would he Google that? I don't know. <laughs> Gee, why? I'd love to have this happen to me. <laughs> I just no. Yeah, it was so funny, though, because I'm like, no, Ken, you have not had that. Stay on top of it, wives. If if the women are listening, stay on top of our men because, wait, (laughs) stay. (laughs) That sounded, that came out wrong. Stop it. Wait, stay current with your screenings is what I mean. Yes. Gosh. (laughs) Okay, 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 okay. okay. I was about to say. Let's something just else. go forward. The whip. Okay, don't say it. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, stop. Okay, a, I'm back. We are just. Like, <laughs> what? I can't I say we are Christians and yes. we're. My, we have my face is getting red. <laughs> and hot in here. All right, let's move on. Okay cancer.org just go there and look at all their stuff because it's going to give you answers Mm -hmm. to your questions you okay (laughs) no not even a little bit Mm -hmm. all right we covered that the third thing the third takeaway from this podcast episode Mm -hmm. is overcoming objections to screenings yeah so Catherine, what do you think some of the objections are to women uh, well, some are legitimate. Well, I don't want to say legitimate, but some women are self-employed and they don't have insurance and it costs so cost. a lot of money. Yes. Okay. That's one reason. Another. Well, wait, before you go on, mm-hmm. hold that thought because mm-hmm. let's just address one at a time. Okay. Cost. That's, that, that is a legitimate obstacle. Mm-hmm. And really, honestly, I would say anything that's keeping someone from getting a uh, breast cancer screening is a legitimate obstacle because it's keeping them from getting it. Well, okay. So what Fair we enough. need to do is acknowledge that mm-hmm. and overcome it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so how do you overcome cost? Well, I suppose if I did not have insurance, I would have to be disciplined to put away, put money away for those kinds of screenings. Okay. Okay. And... um. It's the same thing. I mean, like getting a car. Uh, you have to have a car, right? You got to get around. Or let's, um, what else? Uh, you just have to be disciplined to put away for it, I guess. Well, that is an option to, to overcoming cost. Another oh. another solution could be 
to contact your local hospital. Yeah, I was just thinking. Call yeah. the hospital. Mm-hmm. Just call them and just keep on calling them until you can get to the right person. A lot of hospitals or local counties or yeah. states. I know the state of Illinois does give assistance mm-hmm. for a lot of different cancer screenings. My niece, Shana Cruz, works for the American Cancer Society. Mm-hmm. And that's her whole job is to go and speak to legislators in our state and encourage them to pass legislation that supports cancer prevention and cancer screenings and helping people mm-hmm. to overcome this horrible disease. Yeah. So good on you. I think that Ms. I Shana. was, yes, very good. Thank you, Shana. I think I was thinking more of people who might not qualify for assistance because they earn enough, but yet... Um, haven't put away for it you well know, because of their self-employment i don't I know I, was, I don't know about that but yeah. let's do this okay if that's one of the reasons that women who are listening if that's their reason i can't afford it do this call the hospital yeah. find out what the resources are available to you mm-hmm. okay and then find a way to get your screening because oftentimes what will happen is if you don't have insurance your um, provider, the hospital, will lower the cost anyway. Yeah, that's true. You can negotiate anything. So that's number one. Mm-hmm. And then number two, they might be able to to guide you to local programs that will get your screening covered. Yeah. Would calling the local, um, your county health department, would that? Would I would start have- with the hospital because the hospital's going to know. I would start with the hospital. I would ask for the, you know central scheduling or whatever Hmm. for mammograms tell them that's what you're calling for you want to schedule a mammogram and then talk to that person and just go through the hoops don't give up don't get discouraged you're worth it you're fighting for yourself and if you can't get anywhere with the hospital then call the health department and see if you can get somewhere yeah anytime we hear the word hoops it does it does sound like a deterrent but as tracy said don't be deterred no keep going Mm-hmm. All right, so we've covered cost. What's another obstacle? Well, some people just say they, they don't want to know. And I, I don't quite understand what's behind that um, other than some people just say, well, when it's my time, it's my time. But I think once they get they actually get to it, they're going to be a lot more frightened or even regretful, I'm assuming. Especially with this particular disease because you and I both have had a close friend who didn't want to know mm-hmm. she and her situation was she didn't want to know about anything medical because her parents um suffered from a horrible forget now what it was that they had but they had something medical it wasn't breast related right it was a disease of some sort yeah and she so she just like didn't like doctors and didn't want to go you well know. she was traumatized okay so that's what i was getting to is it's almost like a ptsd yeah so you have this fear of medical situations or you have this um, fear of, well, if I find out that I have breast cancer, if I just stick my head in the sand and I don't even go to the doctor, then I'm not going to find out that I have breast cancer. But that's not how cancer works. Cancer, if you have it, it just keeps on going and growing. Uh-huh. That's its job. So your job is to find out when and if it's in there and then get it out mm-hmm. ASAP. Yeah. So... So, and that's how I came up with the metaphor, actually, of the burning building was our friend who I asked her her permission, Mm -hmm. (laughs) even though nobody knows her, you know, I mean, 
You mean that you haven't exposed right. who she is. Right. To like whatever. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's not like Madonna or <laughs> somebody like that. But my point is um, with the burning building, that's the thing. When would you like to know that your house is on fire mm-hmm. when you're sound asleep? Because even though she's Madonna, she still matters. Yes, mm-hmm. very much so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, what's another obstacle? Uh, boy, we talked about uh, affordability. Oh, it's painful. Yeah, it hurts. <laughs> I just gave her a little sign. She did. It hurts. A mammogram does hurt. There's no getting around it. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. If you have breast or uh, dense breasts, it really hurts. <laughs> yeah. More. And with a mammogram, I don't understand it sometimes because you know how you get in there and you get close and then you got to l- bring your arm around the side mm-hmm. and then they pull all of your skin from your back. They do. I was like, my breast tissue is not in the mm-hmm. back of me. I feel it pulling down from my neck. Yeah, they're, they they're do. making my neck sag now. <laughs> <laughs> Saggy neck. Okay, folks, but still go. You it's have still- to go. Even though it's uncomfortable, even though it hurts, mm-hmm. I mean, you have to go. Mm-hmm. So you're go- it's not going to hurt very long. It's only going to hurt for a moment. And yes, it's a pain in the butt to make the appointment. It's a pain in the butt to, you know, get there mm-hmm. and it physically hurts. You know, what's funny is my mindset was I never thought of it as a choice. I didn't either. I I felt it was a responsibility. No judgment on anybody else. It's just the way I felt that was my responsibility. Like the same as I do everything regularly, though. I go to the the doctor once a year, my regular primary care physician. Yeah. I go to the gynae. Yeah. Once a year. Anyway. Well, I, I do think it is a responsibility, and it's not a judgment. It's a it's not. fact. You're right. Well, We're responsible for our bodies. Yeah. You know. All right. Other obstacles. Let's see. What did I have written down here? Um, oh, time. I don't have time. Of course. It's inconvenient. Of course. That's a reason. It yeah. is a reason. I mean, you know, a lot of women are juggling many things. You know, you've got your parents, maybe, mm-hmm. like you, you're experiencing that now mm-hmm. with caring for your, your mom. Um, then you've still got kids that need you. Mm-hmm. I don't want to offend any listeners, but sometimes I get frustrated when I know that um, someone is taking their pet to the vet more often than they're caring for themselves. Mm. And one of them being getting their screenings. Yeah. I do well, know people that we we do make time for the things that that we want to make time for. This just needs to get up on our priority list. Mm-hmm. And it and one of the reasons that it needs to get up on the priority list is as we said, you matter to a lot of people and mm-hmm. you probably don't realize what a hole you would leave behind if you're not here. Right. So you you just have to do it. Mm-hmm. All right. Um Okay, we covered all of that. And I'm, I'm going to share this last little bit about my own experience with um, my diagnosis. Because I do share this in my events, mm-hmm. my breast cancer awareness Here events. Here it comes. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the truth. I'm not making this up. This is how it went down. Yeah. When, I, when I got my biopsy results, it was over the telephone. So I had already had the mammogram and they said, well, we see something. But it's probably nothing, but just to be sure, we would recommend a biopsy. I'm like, okay. 
By the way, a stat on biopsies. Mm -hmm. Catherine, what was that stat that you found on biopsies? 80% of biopsies done come back um, negative, meaning non-cancerous. Okay. So if you're in that position where, or circumstance where you have to get a biopsy, you just learned this, um, most of us are really worried because, you know, the, the screening is one thing. Going back for the second screening or diagnostic is another. Um, you know, you start to get worried. But then when they say we need to do a biopsy, it's yeah, scary. It is. But the good news is that 80% of those results are non-cancerous. So that's great news. Yeah. It's, I've had four biopsies. That have all only, been I'm all, benign. All benign. And I'm only 52. Yeah. So, and it, it's encouragement to all of us so that it can take some of the fear away. Yeah. But it's also encouragement to get the biopsy if it's recommended. Absolutely. Anyway, because you right. don't want to leave it in there. Right. If it is cancer, you got to get it out. Yeah. Okay. So I had my biopsy and I was waiting for the results and the results came by telephone mm-hmm. and it floored me. Mm-hmm. I was like, what? Yeah. And I the, was floored too. The doctor says to me, yeah, Mrs. DeGraff, um, our finding is that you have invasive ductal carcinoma. Well, he didn't even say the word cancer. And I'm like, what does that mean? Yeah, right. <laughs> I did not know mm-hmm. invasive ductal carcinoma, but carcinoma, carcinoma. that one kind of threw me like, up. Like, that doesn't sound good. No, especially we all know carcinogens. Yeah. Like cigarettes. And invasive sounds bad to me. Right. But it's not the word cancer. I had to confirm it with him. I said, are you telling me that I have cancer? And he said, yes. I'm like, oh. And I'm, I'm on the phone. Mm-hmm. Well, Ron was out in the garage working on one of the boys' cars because that's where he is most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> when you have, we have five boys and they all have junk cars. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so he had his, his, he was up to his elbows in grease and he was in, under the hood of the car. And I went outside into the garage and I couldn't even talk. Yeah. And he knew that you were waiting yes. for the results. Right. But he didn't know they were coming that day. Right. Like we we had the biopsy and then they said it's going to be three or four days until we give you a call, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I go out into the garage and he's like, what's wrong? And I, I'm looking at him. And I couldn't even talk. Mm-hmm. And we'd been married at that point, like more than 25 years. And I'm just like, uh, uh, uh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so all I could do was make a, like a sad face and point to my breast. Mm-hmm. And then he knew, cause then he's like, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. And he started to cry. Yeah. And I'm like, well, muffin, mm-hmm. <laughs> he was crying. And I've only seen this man cry. I think that's only maybe the, oh, okay. Definitely. It's the third time I'd seen him cry. So he, in many years. Oh, over the course of 25 years. Yeah. Only three tears. <laughs> He cried when he held our firstborn. Mm -hmm. When the other four came along, no no tears. (laughs) Just more like, oh gosh, here we go again. He cried when Free Willy got free. Yeah, that amazes me. We were watching it. Mm -hmm. I'm like, are you crying? He's like, well, Free Willy got free. (laughs) Like, great. And then he cried when he found out that I had breast cancer. Mm -hmm. So we had our moment. And it was in the evening. So dinner, you know, it was a crazy time of evening. Like dinner was like half made and he was in the garage and the kids were all over. Mm -hmm. And my dad, who was waiting also for the results, and he lived in a town an hour and a half drive from me. So by now it was probably like eight o'clock at night by the time I called my dad Mm -hmm. to tell him that I had breast cancer. 
my dad at that time, he was like mid seventies, like 70 something. And, um, I said, dad, it's cancer. That's the thing. And we had been through this with my mom, not mm-hmm. breast cancer, but my mom died of bone cancer. She was only 51 when she died. So my dad and my mom were pretty young when they had to jump on that journey. Mm-hmm. So we knew, you know, I knew he knew and I was crying talking to my dad and he was trying to be positive and he said, well, you're just going to, you're going to get it. You're going to just hit it and get it, you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then we, we hung up and, um, an hour and a half later, my doorbell rang. Yeah. And it was my dad. Yeah. He, he hung uh. up with me and he got in his car and he drove to my house. He didn't say I'm coming over. Oh, yeah. He just hung up and he got in his car and he came to my house an hour and a half drive and he doesn't normally drive at night no right or didn't yeah no so i i the doorbell rings and i'm like who's at my door at this time of night like by now it's like 9 30 or whatever and i open the door and i'm like dad what are you doing here Mm -hmm. and how are you gonna get home because you don't drive at night that much (laughs) and he looked at me and he said well i just had to see my baby yeah and i was 50 years old Mm mm-hmm you know, but that's what I mean by you matter to somebody. Mm-hmm. There are people who will be devastated if you're not in their life. Yeah. So if we can use mammograms and other cancer screenings to help us to live our best life and to be around as long as possible, that's not just a decision that we make for ourselves. We're making it for other people. Because I can tell you that there's only one thing harder in life of a cancer survivor than hearing the words you have cancer mm-hmm. or invasive ductal yeah. carcinoma. Yeah. And the harder thing is telling someone you love that you have cancer. Yeah. Like I couldn't talk right. <laughs> to tell my husband. Yeah. So that's the, the real encouragement to our listening audience is to think, just think about what life would be like for your loved ones if you're not in the world. There's going to be a big hole there. Mm -hmm. So don't let that happen. Not on your watch. Get current and stay current Mm -hmm. on every cancer screening that you're supposed to have. And just do the best you can. I mean, cancer could still come your way. You just don't know. Yeah. Like my mother's cancer that she died from, there's Mm -hmm. no screening for that. It just happens. Mm. You know, with the ones that you can screen to, you know, to catch them early. Mm Mm-hmm. They're all there on the website that you check out the show notes, go to these websites, look at these different things, and then get on it. Yeah. Don't wait. Yes. Yeah. Amen to that, Mm -hmm. sister. All right. Well, we've got some spiritual encouragement. Good. Yeah. (laughs) Good. Let's bring it. Felt the weight of all of that. That's good because that's what we really need to feel is the weight of it yeah so that we can be moved to act Mm -hmm. because we do we have to act all right ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 it says this for we are god's handiwork created in christ jesus to do good works which god prepared in advance for us to do great it is prepared in advance Mm -hmm. take care Yeah, and basically we chose that verse because of the purpose behind it. Mm -hmm. God created you. If you're listening to this podcast right now, that means you've got ears, you've got a brain, you've got a computer or a smartphone. Mm -hmm. God created you 
and he created you in Christ Jesus to do good works and and he prepared them in advance. Mm -hmm. So there's a plan for you. And you're made in his image. Mm -hmm. What could be better than that? Nothing. It's a real gift. Mm -hmm. So take care of your gift, the gift of life. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Go like this. <laughs> done. Work is done. <laughs> All right, Kat, what's our call to action for our listeners? Get your screenings. Mm. Get them done. Make the appointment. Yes. Go through the so-called hoops. hoops. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please do. Yeah. All right. Well, you've been listening to the Life Happens Laugh Anyway podcast. I'm still comedian Tracy DeGraff. I'm still Catherine. And we'll see you next time. Goodbye. <laughs>